Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. Call stories in the Bible follow a similar pattern. The Lord steps into someone's life and invites them to do something unexpected and wondrous and good. They express reservations, mostly about their own worthiness or abilities. The Lord reassures them that he is with them, and so they can do it. And they say, yes, here I am. And they do it by the grace and power of God. God called Abraham and Sarah to leave their old home and form a family through whom all the families of the earth will be blessed. They objected that they were too old to have children. God assured them it will happen. They set out in faith to make a new home and became the parents of the family of Israel, the family into which Jesus Christ was born. God called Isaiah in a heavenly vision as Isaiah 6 recounts, as he is in the sacred presence of the Lord, Isaiah lamented his sin and the sin of his people. A heavenly messenger brings the refiner's fire to Isaiah and declares his sins are forgiven. When the triune God asked, who will go on our behalf? Who will speak the word of the Lord? Isaiah replied, here am I, send me. And Isaiah spoke words of challenge and comfort, we still hear almost 3,000 years later. God called Mary to give birth to the Savior of the world. And when she asked how this could be as she was a virgin, the angel Gabriel told her that she would conceive a child by the power of the Holy Spirit and give birth to the Son of God. And she said, Here am I the servant of the Lord, and became the mother of Jesus, God in the flesh, God with us and for us forever. Some 30 years after his birth, as the Gospel of Luke recounts, Jesus began his public ministry. And one of the first things he did in this ministry was call disciples, create a beloved community to participate in and continue his good work to learn from him how to be like him. By this point in the gospel narrative, Jesus has been baptized by John in the Jordan. He has overcome the devil's temptation in the wilderness. He has returned to and moved on from his hometown of Nazareth. And he has been traveling throughout the cities surrounding the Sea of Galilee, teaching powerfully in the synagogues, healing the sick, pro proclaiming the good news that the kingdom of God is here and now. And crowds have started to follow him. Then one day, Jesus is by the lake of Gennesaret, another name for the Sea of Galilee. When Jesus sees two boats, one belonging to Simon Peter, and presumably his brother Andrew, and another belonging to James and John, the sons of Zebedee, four fishermen, two sets of brothers who are co-workers, who are sitting on the shore, tending to their fishing nets. 
And since the crowd is pressing in, Jesus gets into Peter's boat, asks him to push off a little way from the shore, and begins to teach. When he's done, Jesus tells Peter to go out into deeper waters and let down the nets. Peter objects that they've already been out all night fishing and they've caught nothing. Assuming there are no professional fishermen or fisherwomen listening, when we go fishing, it's a recreational activity and not a profession. Our livelihood and the livelihood of our families does not depend on whether or not we catch any fish. Which is good news for me. The one and only time I've been fishing at the Ventura Pier, I didn't catch any fish and I got a bee sting. Fishing was the profession for Peter, Andrew, James, and John. It's how they made their living. It's how they put food on the table. And I imagine we've experienced fishing with one form of rod or another. You cast out the line and wait for the fish to bite. Not the most physically demanding activity, one that many find relaxing and enjoyable. Hence the bumper sticker, I'd rather be fishing. But Peter, Andrew, James, and John fished with nets, which were large and heavy and had to be physically thrown out into the water and physically hauled back in with an even heavier catch of fish. And this had to be done again and again, day in and day out. Fishing for Peter, Andrew, James, and John was constant and hard and life-giving work. But because it's Jesus who asks, Jesus who had recently healed Peter's mother-in-law, Peter agrees to go out into deeper waters and let down the nets. And when he and his crew do so, they haul in so much fish that they have to signal James and John to bring over their boat to help, and between them, the boats almost can't take the weight. With Jesus in the boat, the fishermen bring in an overwhelming abundance of fish where they had found no fish before. Peter, aware that he is in the sacred presence of the Lord, laments his sins, falls to the knees of Jesus and says, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And Jesus says to Peter, Do not be afraid. We need not fear in the sacred presence of the Lord because the Lord loves us without condition and without end. The Lord is good and once good for us and is working all things together for good. The Lord is gracious and merciful and abounding in steadfast love. And then Jesus says to Peter, from now on, you will be catching people. Jesus calls these fishermen, with all their faults and failures, to his hard and constant and life-giving work, casting the net of God's grace far and wide into the deep ocean of humanity and bringing all people into the beloved community of Christ. Jesus stepped into their lives and invited them to do something unexpected, and wondrous and good. And they said yes. They brought their boats back to shore, left everything, and followed him. 
They became disciples of Jesus. They participated in his good work. They shared his good news. They handed on the gospel truth, received and handed on by the Apostle Paul. As he writes in 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried, and on the third day rose again to life. He appeared to Peter and the other disciples, then to 500 more disciples, then to James, and then, after his ascension into heaven, Jesus appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus. Jesus Christ stepped into Paul's life and called him to do something unexpected and wondrous and good. He turned Paul's life around. And Paul said, yes. And he shared the good news that Christ has forgiven our sin. Christ has freed us from death forever. Christ has given us life that does not end. Christ is with us always. And one day, Christ will heal us and the whole creation. During my first few months at Fuller Seminary, as I was feeling called into ordained ministry and wrestling with my own reservations about my worthiness to do so, I visited my home church at the time, Ascension Lutheran in Thousand Oaks. And as I was sitting in the pew, watching the pastors prepare communion. The voice of God inside my heart said, don't you want to be a part of that? And my heart said, I do. Jesus still steps into people's lives and invites them to do something unexpected and wondrous and good. Jesus still calls people to share his good news, to participate in his good work, to be his disciples. And we are called to do this whatever our profession might be, working outside the home and or working from home and or raising a family and or in retirement and or however we fill the hours of our day. As people who have the joy and privilege of knowing the good news of Christ we have the joy and privilege of sharing it, learning from Jesus how to be like him, of doing the hard and constant and life-giving work of casting the net of God's grace far and wide and bringing people in to the beloved community of Christ, of catching people for Jesus as Jesus himself caught us. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're doing this every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you'd like more information about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.